Today's Spotlight is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor, Busey Bank. Busey, your dream, our promise. Welcome to Spotlight. I'm your host, Jane Wernett. And today I'm joined by three local nonprofits, Nami DuPage, the 4-H at the University of Illinois Extension, and the Mary Tuta. You're watching Spotlight, and joining me now from NAMI DuPage is Jerry Kerger. Welcome, Jerry. Thank you. It's, thank you for asking me. Oh, you're welcome. It's nice to have you here. And we're going to start out with just explaining to the viewers, what is NAMI DuPage? Well, NAMI is an acronym that stands for National Alliance on Mental Illness. And we are one of hundreds of affiliates, NAMI affiliates throughout the country, but each of us is an independent entity. So we were all, we're all financially independent. So if you Google NAMI, make sure you Google NAMI DuPage so that it comes to us. Okay, <laughs> absolutely. Make sure those clicks get through, yes. right? <laughs> yes. So tell us a little bit about the organization and what makes it unique. Um, well, actually, the mission of uh, NAMI DuPage is unique. Our mission is to provide support, education, and advocacy to individuals living with mental illness and their families. So it's unique, really, on two levels. One is that NAMI is a peer-led organization. So that means that our programs and our classes and the like are primarily led by people living with, in recovery of mental illness or their family members, both who have been specially trained. They are specially trained, people are supervised, so it's not so much of a mentorship. We have curriculums and uh, very specific classes um, that, we, that we operate. So it's, that makes it very unique because most of the time when people think about support for mental illness, they're thinking about going to the psychiatrist and the therapist, and of course we welcome that. People absolutely should have a psychiatrist and a therapist if they have a mental illness diagnosis or if they suspect such. That's, that's great. We are a supplement to those things. We are not competition. What we provide is different. And one of the things besides the peer-led model that makes us unique is our focus on the families. Because NAMI, NAMI National as well as NAMI DuPage, both of them were founded by parents of adult children with mental illness. And so the focus, we know that if we can help families learn how to live successfully with their family member with mental illness, we are transforming the individual's life and that of the family. So we have classes, we have support groups, we have all kinds of functions that enable uh, families to learn about mental illness and develop the skills and the knowledge that they need to have a successful relationship with their family member. Yeah, I think that's fascinating as you talk about that because I think, you know, we, we've talked previously about the stigma associated with mental illness, but it's that really your first line of support usually, and you hope it will be, is your family. And, yes. and, and if your family doesn't understand, how can they be supportive, right? Exactly. And that's really what we try to emphasize. And I, I always think our classes, we have a what's called a family-to-family -family class, and par parents come into it um, thinking, you know, my child did this and they're you know they have their head down and they're they're feeling low and what do I do and they come in and they say well my child did this 
And the other parents turn around, oh, so did ours. So did ours. Let <laughs> me tell you how you deal with that. And you know, that camaraderie, that lived experience is something that you don't get elsewhere. And in mental illness, when you have a chronic condition, any chronic condition, you know, you need a lot of support that's ongoing. So seeing a psychiatrist, um, which again, essential, um, but if you see a psychiatrist every three months, that's not that day-to-day -day support, yeah. that support groups and classes and just that camaraderie of people that you've met in them, that kind of support you need much more frequently than every three to six months. Yeah, well, and, and I like the fact that you're sort of talking about it, it, it come alongside, right? It's a partnership mm -hmm. uh, with professional help and then with your support groups. And, and what's interesting, and tell me a little bit more about maybe, you know, what, what, what's the percentage, if you will, of those that are like family members versus those that are actually struggling with the mental illness? I'm fascinated, how, how is that working for you? Well, it's really good because a lot of times it'll be the family member that comes in first. Okay. And that will bring the individual in eventually. So, and sometimes we have individuals by themselves and sometimes we have family members by themselves and that come for whatever kind of support. Um, sometimes people, uh, people have, you know, pushed aside their families and they may not be in the picture anymore. Okay. And so, you know, if it's possible, we try to see where we may be able to uh, help in that regard to get family members in so that they understand what that mental illness is about. And also in living with, with people with mental illness, if you can understand their particular illness and you can also understand you know, maybe there are signs and symptoms when things are starting to go awry, because that sometimes is the case where people are going along pretty well for a few months or a few years, medication maybe changes, and that's then they need additional assistance. So your support system is essential in recovery. Yeah, I, well, and I think that's interesting because it's maybe not even just seeing it in your your person that you are there with or that you love, but you may see it in other people, other friends, other colleagues, other peers, right? Absolutely, and that's so important. We go out um, to the schools, actually. Um, last year, even during COVID, we saw 14,000 students in schools. Wow. Ordinarily, we see between 20 and 25,000 students. And what we do, instead of, there are some, um, organizations that focus just on suicide. We focus on the broader picture of mental illness because we want to get people in in the early stages of, of mental, to get people treatment so that they don't come to that point. Mm. Um, and so we really do emphasize a lot of, of uh, community education. Our school program that was developed at NAMI DuPage is now used at NAMI's all across the country. And so it's really, it's a wonderful program. It's an evidence-based program. And what makes it unique is that we have two presenters. One person comes in and talks about the signs and symptoms. The other person, and the kids don't know this at the beginning of the program, the other person comes in and says things like, they tell their story. So it might be something like, um, when I was your age, when I was a sophomore in high school, I began cutting, I began drinking, I started taking drugs. Um, or I just had terrible anxiety, I couldn't get out of bed, I was depressed. And you know, when kids hear that, that motivates them mm -hmm. because they see that there's hope on the other side, that there's a possibility for recovery. And the first time our, our program was ever presented more than a decade ago, a student came up afterwards and disclosed that he had plans to end his life. And we were able to get that student 
the help that he needed. So a lot of, and it's not always the child that you think. Okay, yeah. so yeah. that's have that's struggling. Well, that's it, part of that stigma, right? It exactly. Can be very well hidden. Exactly. So by having, by educating people, by doing programs, we love to go out into the community to businesses. We'll do programs at businesses, at churches, at schools. We want to educate people about the signs and symptoms and the resources. You know, where do you go? Okay, and we we are really that's a really big key for people. What do you do next? And so we really want to give people hope that there are resources out there for them. Okay. Tell me as we wrap up a little bit, Jerry, about where you kind of see things going. Because you've, you've managed your way through COVID. I know that's been very challenging. Uh, where, where do you see NAMI DuPage going? Well, the last year, a lot of people kind of were, you know, in isolation. And that goes for a lot of agencies. But actually, we were sort of a hybrid model from the beginning because we never totally closed. We, made, we kept our living room open, which is our living room is an alternative to the emergency room. So we have a clinician there along with a peer, and uh, people can come in and, and receive in-person services. And we were one of the few living rooms in Northern Illinois that actually remained open. Okay. So we, we have been on that hybrid model. We have expanded uh, some of our programming because people are realizing now how important the peer model is and that when people call and can't get a, an appointment with the psychiatrist for three to six months, um, where else can you go? What else can you do? We are not a substitute. And I want to make that really clear. We're not, a, we don't do therapy. We, we're not psychiatrists. But sometimes what people need is just someone to talk to. Mm -hmm. And NAMI DuPage is really good at that. Okay. And we, we, we do a wonderful job. When people call, they need resources. They, they need help. Um, in looking for a psychiatrist or a therapist. Um, you know, we have resources for them to use and questions for them to ask. So we're a really good place to start. Yeah, you're not alone when you're with NAMI DuPage. That's exactly right. That's a motto of NAMI's. Yeah. You are not alone. Yeah, you're not alone. And I think that's always a starting place of not feeling like you're alone. It's a scary Absolutely. place out there by yourself. It is. Yeah. But NAMI DuPage serves typically about 20,000 people a year. So you definitely are not alone. That's wonderful. Jerry, thank you so much for coming by. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Always nice to speak with you, too. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. And if you're interested in learning more about NAMI DuPage, please go and visit their website. We're going to take a quick break, but stay tuned. We're coming right back with more Spotlight. For more than 150 years, you've believed in Busey. Today, more than ever, we believe in you. To our healthcare workers, first responders, and local businesses, you're central to the communities we're proud to call home. Busey's grateful to partner with you and your families through life's ups and downs, today and for generations to come. Because as neighbors helping neighbors, we're in this together. Busey, grateful to serve the communities we call home. Stay in the know, at home, or on the go with NCTV 17 News Update. This quick recap of everything happening in and around town will be delivered straight to your email inbox for free. Sign up today. If you're just tuning in, you're watching Spotlight. I'm your host, Jane Wernette, 
And joining me now from the University of Illinois Extension of the 4-H program is Leela Siegel. Welcome to the show, Leela. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Really happy to have you here. And we're going to start off with a super easy question. Sure. What is the 4-H? <laughs> Tell us what it's all about. Sure. So the 4-H program is actually a nationwide program. Um, we serve over 6 million youth all over the country. And here in Illinois, um, the 4-H program has served over 200,000 um, youth. And we're in every county in the state. Here in DuPage, last year we touched over 800 youth with our programs, and we're really just a positive development program for youth. And so we focus on hands-on learning for youth and help them to serve their communities, explore their interests, and develop independence. Which I think is so interesting, and we're going to dive into that a little bit more, because I think when people hear 4-H, they immediately think agriculture, right? Yes, yes. And you're so much more than that. Yes, we are. So thank you for saying that. Yeah. Um, so certainly we did start as an agricultural program over 100 years ago, and those are our roots. But our program is so much more. We've grown into the suburbs, into urban areas, as well as our rural areas. And we have a variety of projects. So we do have agriculture and livestock, but we also have science and technology and math. We have robotics and creative writing. So um, there's really so many different areas that we're involved in now. Okay, and so you mentioned youth, right? Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit more about who you feel that you are for, like who's your target market? Sure, so the 4-H program is open to any youth of any background, ages eight through 18, that again wants to get involved in their community, learn some great hands-on skills, maybe some things that'll look really good on their resume, um, any of those kind of things. And we also have a program we call Clover Buds. Um, Clover Buds are for our five to seven year olds and it's kind of like our junior 4-H program. Okay, so you can get started nice and early and then you can graduate up. Yes, yes. Leela, <laughs> give us a little bit of an example of some of the things that kids could do. Like how do they get their hands in there? Sure, so I think one of the strengths of our program is that we have so many different project areas, which I think is awesome, all the different varieties. So again, like I said, we do have our typical livestock programs. We do here in DuPage County have youth who you know, raise chickens or have rabbits. We have creative writing, um, science and technology. So again, there's just a wide variety of different activities. And I think what's nice is that there's something basically for every interest area. So no matter what you're interested in, you're gonna find something for in 4-H for you. Okay, yes. and, and so just, it comes to me, you know, I'm a kid that I think, gosh, I really would like to be down on the farm, but I'm living, you know, <laughs> not in the farm. Sure. How, how do I get engaged in the agriculture piece if that's something that I'm interested in? I mean, do, do kids travel for some of this stuff or is it really just in their own community? So we do have a variety of ways that our youth can participate in 4-H. And again, I think that's one of our strengths. We have one-time workshops. We have activities they can do at home. We do have community clubs where they will explore um, their different project areas and area of interest. And then we have um, special interest clubs. We call them spin clubs, where they can explore a topic where um, a bunch of youth together will explore an interest area. So for instance, here in DuPage, we have a beekeeping spin club. Oh. So um, they can learn about beekeeping together. So um, yeah, it, it just depends. They're, they can travel. Um, if they're willing to travel a couple communities over, maybe they can participate in one of our special interest clubs. We also do have two clubs here in Naperville. We also have some in surrounding suburbs. So again, there's a variety of ways to get involved. Yeah, lots of ways to participate. Yes. What are your two clubs that you have here in Naperville? Um, so we have one that's called 4HR um, 
4HRS, and then we have 4-H science ambassadors. Okay. So those are older 4-Hers, um, our teenagers, that actually get trained on some of our hands-on science activities, and they help teach activities to some of our younger 4-H members. So it's a great leadership opportunity. Yeah, and I think that's so important, right, for young people. It's a good, you know, whether that's going to be your passion for life, having that opportunity to learn some leadership skills, very yes. important, right? Yes, I would agree. And we've heard even from parents that they love that, the ch that young people can explore a variety of interests early so by the time they get to college they're not changing their major five times <laughs> yes. because they already know what they're interested in and they've narrowed down those interests. Yeah and I think well and it's an expensive proposition if you're starting <laughs> to try to do that right but I yeah. think it's also I mean there's that whole saying about kids yeah. it, that you know they can only be what they can imagine so if right. they don't get to try lots of things right. how can they imagine being that right? Yes and that's why we really emphasize the hands-on learning you know we want them to learn about it but also really get involved and do these different things. Okay, yes. what's coming new to our area? So we have two big things that we're very excited about. So one is we're going to have a unit wide. So um, DuPage is actually part of a unit with Kane and Kendall counties. Okay. We have a unit wide um, Clover Buds Club that we're going to be launching this fall, probably either late October, or early November. Okay. And it will be virtual and it'll um, have hands-on programming that five to seven year olds can do in a variety of different areas um, at home with their parents. So um, look for that to okay. be something that we're Clover doing. Clover Buds. Clover Love Buds. <laughs> and then we also have a 4-H kickoff event. We're super excited about that. That's going to be October 7th. It'll be at the DuPage County Fairgrounds um, from 5 to 7 p.m. And it'll be a great opportunity for anyone who wants to learn more about our program to come see some of our project areas, um, meet some of our staff, some of our leaders, volunteers, get to try out some of the different hands-on activities. So it's really a great place to learn more about our program. And that again, that'll be October 7th. Uh, five to seven at the DuPage County Fairgrounds. Okay, is that a place that you do a lot of stuff, Leela? Um, well, a lot of our 4-H youth actually during the school year work on their projects and then in the summer, they actually show their projects at the county fair. So oh. the county fair is kind of a big culminate, culminating event for us. Okay. So um, we do work closely with the fair and the fairgrounds um, for that and some other events. Okay. Yeah. All right. And so if I wanted to learn a little bit more, I mean, you've, you've got Clover Budge. <laughs> you've got a lot. I mean, you really have so much more. And I think for our viewers, probably really broaden the horizon of how they think about 4-H. Yes. How do we go about getting involved? How do we find out to participate? Sure. So um, we actually have different ways that 4-H can participate. Um, we direct them usually to our website. Okay. Um, and that's go.illinois.edu slash info 4-H DKK. Okay. Um, wow. That was impressive right there. <laughs> thank you. Um, and so on our website, they can look at all those different projects. They can, again, download some 4-H at home activities. But we really encourage them to fill out an interest form that we have. Um, that lets us know a little bit about them, what they're interested in, where they live, so we can match them up with just the right fit um, for them. So that's what we encourage people to do is check out our website. Okay. So, yeah. So it sounds like you're doing a little bit of custom sorting there to, you know, it's yes. very overwhelming sometimes <laughs> when you have lots of options, but it sounds like you're trying to help match those up a little bit. We do try. If people have like a very specific interest area and if they don't, then, you know, that's what it's for to just explore and see what you like.
So. Wonderful. Leela, thank you so much for coming by. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And if you would like to learn more about the University of Illinois Extension 4-H program, please go and visit their website. We're going to take a quick break, but stay tuned. We're coming right back with more Spotlight. For more than 150 years, you've believed in Busey. Today, more than ever, we believe in you. To our healthcare workers, first responders, and local businesses, you're central to the communities we're proud to call home. Busey's grateful to partner with you and your families through life's ups and downs, today and for generations to come. Because as neighbors helping neighbors, we're in this together. Busey, grateful to serve the communities we call home. We live in a safe community, but not a crime-free community. If you see something, say something. Be a Naperville Crime Stopper. Welcome back to Spotlight. And joining me now from the Mary Tuta is Ella Chu. Ella, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Super glad to have you. Now, you're a senior at Naperville North, right? Yes, that's correct. Okay. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about the Mary Tuta. Yeah, of course. So, the Mary Tuta is a nonprofit organization that's based right here in Naperville. Um, we focus on providing free tutoring for students in our community grades K through 12. And we're a completely student-led and student-run organization. So this means that all the members of our leadership, everyone on our board, we're all high school students. And everyone who volunteers on a regular basis is also just a high school student. And so this concept of students helping students is really simple, but we really like to embrace it. Um, and to dive a little bit into our tutoring practices, we're a free drop-in organization. So this means that anytime a student needs help, um, they can come in to us during our tutoring hours and receive help from us without scheduling appointments beforehand or without paying any fees. So it's really good for parents to eliminate that kind of hassle and it just makes our services that much more accessible. Yeah, well that's wonderful. I mean, what a great service. And I think also just that ability to be like, whoops, okay, I didn't quite understand that in class and I need a little extra help, right? As opposed to, it makes it very accessible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, now obviously it's been a little more difficult and challenging, I'm sure, during the pandemic. So talk a little bit about how you've adapted. Yeah, of course. So before the pandemic, we were actually an organization that existed completely in person. And when the pandemic started, we realized that we couldn't sustain that model. So we wanted to really adapt and turn around really quickly. So what we did was we ended up moving to an online sign-up model. So this meant that parents could email us ahead of time and schedule tutoring sessions that would be done on Zoom, and we would pair tutors with them. But um, after a while of using this model, we realized that we could actually improve and make our services more accessible. So what we ended up doing was we moved to a drop-in model, which meant that any time during our tutoring hours, a 2T could go to our website, they could hop on our Zoom link that was staffed with tutors, and they would be paired with tutors in a breakout room for one-on-one -on -one help. And um, we really like this model. We've been using this model in part um, right now, but we're also mixing it with a bit of in-person things since um, things are starting to open back up. Okay, I love the way you are so inventive and I love that. I mean, and what a great way to use the technology. And I would imagine, and, and you tell me, Ella, uh, that might be a continued piece that you might offer, right? Because I would imagine that there are some kids where maybe that works better for them. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, so like we really want to prioritize our accessibility, like I said before. So whenever we can sort of preserve an online aspect, we will. And that's definitely something that we're thinking about as we're moving to times beyond the pandemic. Okay. And sort of, you know, you've talked a little bit about where you're offering both, you know, in person. Is, is that at the libraries? Where, where, where are you offering the in person? Yeah, so um, we offer in-person um, along with our Zoom online tutoring, and we do this four days a week. So we have two weekday times, which are Wednesdays and Thursdays, and this is from 4 to 6 p.m. Um, we do this at the Alive Center, which is on West 5th Avenue. That's right across the street from Naperville North High School. Okay. Um, so you can either come in in-person or you can go online during this time. And then we also have hours on Saturdays and Sundays, and this is at the Nichols Library, and that's in downtown Naperville. Okay. So um, anytime students want to come in, they can definitely come in there. They're welcome to come, um, but we also have our online option open then as well. Okay. And do you have, you know, one thing I, I didn't ask you to begin with, do you have an age group that you tutor? Is, is, are there specific grades? Is it only high school? Is it, what, what? What does that look like? Yeah, so um, our 2Ts, or the students that we tutor, um, they come from grades K through 12. So okay. um, any people from that age range um, in core academic subjects, and then our tutors are all high schoolers. Okay. If a, a student was interested in getting involved with you, they kind of thought, okay, this sounds pretty cool, a teen-led, teen-driven organization, and I've got some tutoring skills that I think I could share. How would they get in started? Yeah, of course. So um, any interested high schooler who wants to get involved should apply at our website. And um, we require that they have a minimum GPA of 3.5. And this is just to make sure that they've taken and excelled in some core academic subjects so they can teach them well. Um, so once they complete their application, they'll be given an interview with our applications manager. And this will just be to assess if they have some basic teaching skills and things like that. But obviously, it's not something that should um, stress anyone out too much since there's a lot of on-the-job training, so to speak. Okay. Mm -hmm. And um, oh, I was just going to ask about that. So do you give some training and some guidance on how you do the tutoring or how, how does that work? Yeah, so um, before a tutor starts tutoring with us in earnest, they'll be given a shadowing session with one of our more experienced tutors. So during this time, they'll get to see what it looks like to work with a younger student and to just kind of walk them through problems that they're having. And of course, whenever they need help, they're welcome to ask one of our leaders who will always be on site during our hours. Okay, all right, so that's that's a good. And, and what do you think the, you know, I obviously the kids that are being tutored are getting a great service because it's free, it's peer-to-peer, -peer, and I think sometimes you hear information a little bit differently from a high school student than maybe you do from the teacher. Yes. Um, but talk about what, what do the tutors get out of this? Yeah, so obviously as a tutor in this organization, you will be able to improve your soft skills. So things like communication, patience, um, social skills when you work with younger students, things like that. Um, you'll also be able to join a community of some of the most driven, kind high school tutors and just be able to make friends that way. Um, and also, if a tutor is dedicated and willing to put in the work, they can definitely move up and become a leader in our organization. Because um, actually, like since we're student run, we really do embrace that. And I actually started off as a tutor in my freshman year and eventually was able to work up to co-president. Okay, and that's great leadership experience for you moving forward, right? Yes, absolutely. It's been great. Yeah. So now as we wrap up, thinking about how do you give back to the community? Because I know that's also been kind of a foundational piece for your organization is that commitment to communities. So yeah. say a little more on that. 
Yeah, that's a great question. So obviously, without like a community of willing parents, families, students that come into our organization, we wouldn't be able to function and operate. So we really want to give back whenever possible. And so we actually have a committee on our board that's dedicated to launching and planning community service projects. So in the past, we've done things like a creative writing contest. We have done fundraisers for the Greater Chicago Food Depository. Um, last holiday season, we actually helped um, a car drive for the Edward Elmhurst Hospital during COVID. Mm. And um, the community should be looking forward to an AP and standardized testing book drive that we're going to be having in the next few months. And we're really excited about that. Oh, that's nice. So you're collecting those materials to be able to share back out into the community? Yeah, that's exactly how it works. <laughs> okay, I love that. That's awesome. Ella, thank you so much for coming by. It's uh, always so interesting to hear what teens are being able to do and accomplish in our community. And clearly, you're accomplishing a lot. So thank you for that. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. And if you would like to get more information about the Mary Tutor, whether that's to become a tutor or whether that's to receive services, please go and visit their website. We're going to take a quick break, but stay tuned. We're coming right back with more Spotlight. I'd like to thank all of my guests for joining us on Spotlight and our friends at UC Bank for their generous sponsorship of today's show. To learn more about the organizations we talked to today, please visit our website at nctv17.com. And to stay informed about what's happening in our community, sign up to receive our daily free update and like and follow us on Facebook. For Spotlight, I'm Jane Wernette. Thank you for watching. Today's Spotlight is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor, Busey Bank. Busey, your dream, our promise.